section 21 of A Brief History of Forestry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Brief History of Forestry by Bernard Fernau. Section 21. Spain. Poor Spain is the expression which comes to the lips of everybody who contemplates the economic conditions of this once so powerful nation, almost the ruler of the world. Once, under the beneficent dominion of the Saracens, a paradise where, as a Roman author puts it, nil otiosum nihil sterile in Hispania. It has become almost a desert through neglect, indolence, ignorance, false pride, lack of communal spirit, despotism of church, and misrule by corrupt bureaucracy. With the exception of a narrow belt along the seashore, the whole of the Iberian Peninsula is a vast high mesa, plateau or tableland, 1,500 to 3,000 feet above sea level, traversed by lofty mountain chains or sierras, five or six in number, running parallel to each other, mainly in a westerly and southwesterly direction. These divide the plateau into as many plains, treeless and for the most part arid, exposed to cold blasts in winter and burning up in summer. They are frequently subjected to severe droughts, which sometimes have lasted for months, bringing desolation to country and people. The rivers, as they usually do in such countries similar to our arid plains, form canyons and arroyos, and being uncertain in their water stages, none of them are navigable, although hundreds of miles long, but useful for irrigation on which agriculture relies. The great mineral wealth has made Spain the California of the Carthaginians and Romans, and it is still its most valuable resource. Spain awakened to civilization through the visits of Phoenicians and Carthaginians, followed by the Romans. During the first centuries of the Christian era, there occurred one of the several periods of extreme prosperity, when a supposed population of 40 million exploited the country. After the dark days of the Gothic domination, a second period of prosperity was attained for the portion which came under the sway of the industrious and intelligent Moors, or Saracens, 711 to 1000 AD, who made the desert bloom, and whose irrigation works are still the mainstay of agriculture at present. Centuries of warfare and carnage to re-establish Christian kingdoms still left the country rich, when, in 1479, the several kingdoms were united into one under Ferdinand and Isabella, and the Moors were finally driven out altogether, 1492. This kingdom persisted in the same form to the present time, with only a short period as a republic, 1873. Spain was among the first countries to have a constitution. After the conquest of the Moors, and with the discovery of America, again a period of prosperity set in for the then 20 million people, but through oppression by state and church, Inquisition, which also led to the expulsion of the Jews and large emigration to America, the prosperity of the country was destroyed, the population reduced to 10 million in 1800, and the conditions of character and government created which are the cause of its present desolation. Since the beginning of the century, the population has increased to near 18 million, but financial bankruptcy keeps the government inefficient and unable to accomplish reforms, even if the people would let it have its way. 1. Forest Conditions It has been a matter of speculation whether Spain was or was not once heavily wooded. See page 11. In Roman times, only the Provence of La Manca is reported as being unforested, and in the 13th and 14th centuries extensive forest zones are still recorded. 
the character of the country at present and the climate, both resembling so much our own arid plains, make it questionable to what extent the forest descended from the mountain ranges, which were undoubtedly well wooded. At present, the forest is mainly confined to the higher mountains. The best is to be found in the Pyrenees and their continuation, the Cantabrian Mountains. The area of actual forest, Bosques, is not known with precision, since in the official figures mere potential forest, i.e. brush and wasteland, is included, Montes, and the area varies, i.e. diminishes through new clearings, of which the statistics do not keep account. Moreover, the statistics refer only to the public forests, leaving out the state and private forest areas, if any. In 1859, this area was reported as over 25 million acres, or 20% of the land area, 196,000 square miles. In 1885, the acreage had been reduced to about 17.5 million acres, and in 1900, about 16 million acres, or 13% of the land area, remained as public forest, and the total was estimated at somewhat over 20 million acres. The following peculiar classification, published in 1874, gives, in round figures, at once an insight into the meaning of Montes and the probable condition of the public forest area. State Reserves 865,000 acres Saleable State Property 4,550,000 acres Public Institute Forest 20,000 acres Communal Forest 9,860,000 acres Open commons for wood and pasture, 1,880,000 acres. Common pasture for draft animals, 425,000 acres. Total, 17,600,000 acres. An estimate of the actual forest, timber and coppice, does not exceed 12 million acres, for a population of 18 million or 0.7 acres per capita. The latest official figures claim as state property around 600,000 acres and municipal institutional property 11.5 million acres, these constituting the public forests. According to official classification, these public forests are to the extent of 5.3 million acres high forest, 3 million coppice, the balance brushwoods. In spite of this evident lack of wood material, except for firewood or charcoal, the importations in 1903 did not exceed $13.5 million, accentuating the absence of industrial development. The official statement of imports reports $6.5 million more than the above figure, but this includes horses and cattle enumerated as forest products, products of the Montes. These also figure in the exportations of $15 million, which to the extent of one-half consists of cork, some $5 million from 630,000 acres, and tanbark, while chestnuts, filberts, and esparto furnish the balance. In 1908, the imports of lumber and staves alone amounted to $7,382,000. In 1882, all the public forests produced from wood sales only $900,000, but the value of the products taken by rights of user was estimated at nearly twice that amount. In 1910, the average income of the Forest Service was reported as having averaged for the decade in the neighbourhood of $2 million, and the expense approximately $1 million, a net yield of about $0.30 cents per acre on the area involved, resulting the total cost being 5.7 million cubic feet annually. The forest flora and its distribution is very similar to that of Italy, and is described fully in two volumes prepared by a special commission appointed for this purpose. 2. 
Development of Forest Policy Spain is noted for its comprehensive legislation without execution. It is also known that official reports are rarely trustworthy, so that what appears on paper is by no means always found in reality. Hence, all statements must be accepted with reservations. The forest laws of Spain are somewhat similar to those of Italy, yet show less appreciation of the needs of technical forest culture. The value of forest resources and need of economy in their use was indeed recognised early. Recommendations for their conservative use are recorded from the 13th century on. An ordinance of Pedro I in 1351 imposed heavy fines upon forest destroyers. Ferdinand V, in 1496, expressed alarm at the progressing devastation, and, in 1518, we find a system of forest guards established, and even ordinances ordering reforestation of wastelands, which were again and again repeated during the century. In 1567 and 1582, notes of alarm at the continuing destruction proved that these ordinances had no effect. The same complaints and fears are expressed by the rulers during the 17th and 18th centuries, without any effective action. In 1748, Ferdinand VI placed all forests under government supervision, but in 1812 the Cortes of Cadiz, under the influence of the spirit of the French Revolution, rescinded these orders and abolished all restrictions. An awakening to the absolute necessity of action seems not to have arrived until about 1833, when a law was enacted and an ordinance issued at great length defining the means of Montes and instituting in the Corps of Civil Engineers a forest inspection. At the same time, a special school was to be established in Madrid. This last proposition does not seem to have materialised, for, in 1840, we find that several young men were sent to the forest school at Tharant, Germany. No doubt under the influence of these men on their return, backed by La Sociedad Económica of Madrid, a commission to formulate a forest law was instituted in 1846, and in the same year, carrying out ordinances of 1835 and 1843, a forest school was established at Villa Viciosa de Odon, later, 1869, transferred to the Escurial near Madrid. This school, under semi-military organisation, first with a three-year, later a four-year course, and continually improved and enlarged in its curriculum, one director and thirteen professors in 1900, is the pride of the Spanish foresters to all appearances deservedly so. It was organised after German models by Bernardo de Torre Royas as first director. The creation of a forest department, however, Cuerpo de Montes, had to wait until 1853, this department, under the Minister of Public Works, now under the Minister of Agriculture, is a close corporation made up of the graduates of the school as Ingenieros de Montes, acceptance into which is based upon graduation and four years' service in the forest department as assistance besides the performance of some meritorious work. The school stands in close relation to the department service. The first work of the new administration was a general forest survey to ascertain conditions and especially to determine which of the public forests, under the laws of 1855 and 1859, it was desirable to retain. The investigation showed that there was more forest, defined as in the above classification, than had been supposed, but that it was in even worse condition than had been known. The public forests, i.e. those owned by the state, the communities and public institutions, were divided into three classes according to the species by which formed, which was the easiest way of determining their location as regards altitude and their public value, namely the coniferous forest and deciduous oak and chestnut forests, which were declared inalienable. 
the forests of ash, alder, willow, etc., naturally located in the lower levels, therefore without interest to the state, which were declared saleable, and an intermediate third class composed of cork oak and evergreen oak, whose status as to property of sale was left in doubt. In 1862, a revision of this classification left out this doubtful class, adding it and the forest areas of the first class, which were not at least 250 acres in extent to the saleable property. The first class, which was to be reserved, was found to comprise nearly 17 million acres, of which 1.2 million was owned by the state, whilst the saleable property was found to be about half that area. Ever since, a constant wrangle and commotion has been kept up regarding the classification and repeated attempts, sometimes successful, have been made by one faction, usually led by the Minister of Finance, to reduce the public forest area, Desamortizadoro, opposed by another faction under the lead of the Forest Administration, which was formed again and again to reclassify. In 1883, the alienable public forest area was by decree placed under the Minister of Finance, the inalienable part remaining under the Minister of Public Works, Fomento, very much the same as it was in the United States until recently. The public debt and immediate financial needs of the corporations gave the incentive for desiring the disposal of forest property and, to satisfy this demand, it was ordered in 1878 that all receipts from the state property and 20% of the receipts from communal forests were to be applied towards the extinguishment of the debt. The ups and downs in this struggle to keep the public forests intact were accentuated on the one hand by the pressing needs of taking care of the debt, on the other hand by drought and flood. Thus, in 1874, the sale in annual instalments of over 4.5 million acres in the hands of the Minister of Finance was ordered, but the floods of the same year were so disastrous, causing $7 million damage, 760 deaths, 28,000 homeless, being followed by successive droughts that a reversal of sentiment was experienced, which led to the enactment of a reboisement law in 1877. This law, having in view better management of communal properties, ordered with all sorts of unnecessary technical details the immediate reforestation of all wastelands in the public forests, creating for that purpose a corps of 400 cultivators, Capitacas de Cultivos. To furnish the funds for this work, the communities were to contribute 10% of the value of the forest products they sold or were entitled to, but funds were not forthcoming, and by 1895, under this law, only 21,000 acres had been reforested, three-fourths by sowing. The financial results of the management of the public forests, although the forest department probably did the best it could under the circumstances, had indeed not been reassuring. In 1861, a deficit of $26,000 was recorded. In 1870, $600,000 worth of material was sold, $1.3 million worth given away, and $700,000 worth destroyed. Altogether, by fire and theft, it was estimated that 15% of the production was lost. In 1885, this loss was estimated at 25%, when the net income had attained to 15 cents per acre, or on the 17.5 million acres to less than $3 million. When it is considered that the governors of provinces and their appointees, beside the village authorities, had also a hand in the administration, it is no wonder that the forest department was pretty nearly helpless. While under the law of 1863 the department was specially ordered to regulate the management of communal forests and to gauge the cut to the increment, the political elements in the administration, which appointed the forest guards, made the regulations mostly nugatory. 
at last in nineteen hundred a new era seems to have arrived a thorough reorganization was made which lends hope for a better future the technical administration was divorced from the political influence and placed under the newly created minister of agriculture the machinery of the cuerpo de montes was remodelled this consists now of one chief inspector general four division chiefs ten inspector generals for field inspection fifty chief engineers of district managers one hundred and eighty five assistants and three hundred and forty two foresters and guards the latter now appointed by the departments instead of the governors and not all as formerly chosen from veteran soldiers the better financial showing referred to above was the result in nineteen ten a special reboisement service the servicio hydrological forestal was also placed on a new footing the country being divided into ten districts for this purpose and an engineer placed in charge of each but from a statement that in nineteen ten of some three hundred thousand acres planned to be recovered only thirty one thousand had been completed it may be inferred that financial difficulties still retard the work private forests which had been without any interference were in nineteen o eight placed under government control so far as located within a defined protective zone zona protectora da socratica such must be managed under plans provided by the forest service and in case of refusal on the part of owners expropriation proceedings are provided but the money for taking advantage of this provision would probably not be in the treasury indeed according to professor miguel del campo at the Esquerial forest school results so far are nil since eighteen ninety six popular education is attempted through arbor days various associations fostering the idea in nineteen o four la fiesta del arbor was made a national holiday and premiums are distributed for plantations made on that day the revista de montes a semi-official monthly journal began its publication in eighteen seventy seven and serves the purpose of propaganda as well as the professional needs a considerable book literature is also developed End of section twenty one